All right, hello. Welcome to the first episode of the Greencast podcast. I say first episode weirdly because we did an episode like two weeks ago, um, but we were still figuring out the E's, the I's, the O's, and the U's. So we're that's kind of only on like Apple Podcast and like Spotify, and it's titled Episode Zero because we were kind of just testing the waters. But now... Um, this is the true episode one. Um, this should be up everywhere, including YouTube. Um, if you want to watch, we're going to watch some videos today. Uh, so if you want to watch those videos with us, I recommend going to the YouTube channel. It's just called Greencast Podcast. So just go there and you should see the video. It's titled episode one. Um, so yeah, we have a fantastic show prepared today, if I do say so myself um but i'd like to start it off um we were talking heavily about natural disasters today because oh i'm also joined by samantha say hi samantha hello i'm samantha all right excellent um but we're talking a lot about natural disasters today um so we all prepared a little thing about a natural disaster and what i did was about the uh midwest Dara show, um, which I thought was important because until this year, I'd never heard of Dara show. Like, I don't think that's a very widely taught thing. Probably in the Midwest it is because that's where most of them happen. Um, But I had no idea that they existed. Uh, Basically what it is, it's like a huge cell of strong winds that like spans 240 miles. And the wind itself can be as strong as a tornado, like 70 miles per hour. Um, Not like the strongest side of a tornado, but still very high winds, especially for the length of the storm. 240 miles is very large. Um, But uh, there's been there was one in August. I think it was like August 10th to the 12th. So it's like mid-August. And it was in the news for like a day. And then... You know, there's so much news this year. It just kind of got swallowed up. But um, usually there's two Dara shows a year, um, if any. Uh, there's more kind of in like the Tornado Alley section of the U.S. Uh, but this year, there's been eight of them. And in 2018, there's been six of them. Um, and the minimum wind speed of them is like 60 miles per hour. Um, and I said it could go as high as like a, a, a low-grade tornado. Um, but I went to this website run by the government, so who knows, but I went to the government and they said that there's nothing to suggest that a warmer climate causes more severe dare shows because of the way they form more moisture in the air actually wouldn't science it to become a dare show, but, uh, maybe you wouldn't have stronger dare shows, but you would have other stronger storms um in other news i thought that was notable um scientific american was it was founded in 1845 and it's been around for now 175 years and it decided to break its partisan silence uh and it endorsed joe biden for president uh yesterday or two days ago um they've never they've never um endorsed a candidate for I mean, this is not an endorsement for us this is just a factual all right they endorsed joe biden um and they put quote it is a matter of life and death so i just thought it was noteworthy that an american oh and they do great work you know they they do a lot about the climate they They're do a lot of reputable. yeah they do a lot of work on the climate they do a lot of work especially now on covid and uh, we're gonna get demonetized but we're not making money anyway um so yeah, they've they've been around for 175 years and they've never endorsed a candidate until this year. So another strand in unusual things that has happened this year. So uh, Samantha, what's your what's your little thing that you prepared? Okay, so obviously everyone has been seeing these photos of like San Francisco with red skies because of all the wildfires that are happening across the West Coast. 
Um, every year there is a wildfire season because there's like a drought season, but the, the droughts and the heat waves have, have just been getting worse progressively because of, um, because of climate change. Um, so th this makes the wildfires worse. We, we saw this in, in 2018, like we, we basically saw this coming because uh, like almost 2 million acres more were burned in 2018 than like the 10 year average. And the California climate change assessment, they estimated that like the average acreage burn would increase by like 77% by the end of the century. So all the wildfires are getting really bad in 2018, but nobody really, nobody really freaked out that much. Some people did. But now that the sky is literally red, everyone is paying attention. So, you know, I guess that's good. But yeah. Um, so now currently, okay, we have all these wildfires across the West Coast for for multiple reasons. Um, again, it's it's wildfire season. So it's really hot and there's there's not a lot of you know precipitation and stuff. So literally it's it's hotter than ever. Uh, I think LA County they recorded like it was on on September sixth, the highest temperature they've ever had in LA, hundred and twenty one degrees, like in history. September sixth. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's just it's getting pretty bad. Um, so because of these conditions, a really like slight spark can start can start a huge fire. Like the environment's really sensitive. So there's a lot of different reasons these these have started. In Oregon, there was a uh, like historically extreme winds, like 25 to 50 miles per hour. So that like set down power lines and, and trees. So again, like a spark, it do started you, a massive fire. Do, so this there. one so, this one was yeah. started by a baby reveal, gender reveal, right? Yes. Do you have the video That's of that? South California. In California, it was a, a gender reveal party. Do you have the video? Of course. Here, I'll try to the find video. the video. You keep talking. Yeah, so it was, that was started by a gender reveal party because a couple thought, you know, it's it's wildfire season, so let's just use explosives to to show the color blue or pink because that's that's a perfect idea. Um, you know the it's just it's just really bad. Okay, the fires are really bad. Um, six of twenty of the worst wildfires. In California, like in history, happened this year. Millions of acres of land are on fire. Um, so if you care about property damage, it's pretty bad. Um, and 25 people have died. Dozens of people are missing. 25. This is not something that we can solve by like vegetation management. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is something that has to do with climate change. It's it's come back to bite us. It's going to continue doing that until we just learn about it. Yeah, and I so, yeah. that's the biggest counter that I've seen online. It's like everyone's like, it's not climate change. It's because we have these super super dry forests that are tinder boxes waiting to be exploded. But it's like, why do you think they're so dry? <laughs> like California's had massive droughts recently because of climate change so why do you think the places are so dry well that's why so and, and so the stupid. and the wind is also making it go but i have um here i have to do some technical wizardry to show you um but i have the video this isn't the one this year because i don't think they recorded it this year um but this is the one from 2018. I think you discussed it. Um, and this is the gender reveal that lit it all up. Did you see that? Wait. CNN's so bad at this. 
Look at that. Did you not see it? I can see it. Okay, good. Okay, good. You see that? There's like a a actual explosion. Here, they're playing it again. (laughs) Just wait. Is it? Is this a still frame? It's a boy. Gotta get out of there. Look at that. Start packing up. Start packing up. (laughs) They literally just. Horrible. Do those people get? Are they liable in any way? Like, for this stuff? I mean, that's crazy. Okay, so Samantha had mentioned earlier that nobody really pays much attention to the wildfires until it's actually apparent that climate change is happening. And this brought up a tweet that I found from Catherine, um, Catherine Hayhoe, and she is an atmospheric scientist and a professor at the Political Science of Texas Tech University. She's also the director of climate change at the Science Center and the CEO of Atmospheric Research. And She's the director of climate change? <laughs> My gosh, who is this person? And um, she tweets that the climate science webinar uploaded to YouTube last week has a thousand views. The Fortnite FPP video my 11-year-old uploaded yesterday has 10k views. Hashtag keeping me real. Hashtag is there a climate version of Fortnite? So what do you guys have to say about the need for citizens in our world to become more educated on climate change? Well, first of all, her son's an influencer? What a family that is. Like, what a ge- what a genealogy. <laughs> it's insane. And do, why does Fortnite still get those views? Whatever. Um, we touched on this in episode zero, right? We talked about how um, Tucker Carlson got mad because they're trying to teach climate change in fifth grade. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess... I mean, you have to engage people in an interesting way, and there's really nothing interesting about climate change until it burns your house down. Yeah, that's true. The media likes to fixate on things that are more, like, I guess, interesting. The media only cares about climate change when there's a wildfire or when there's a hurricane or when we're experiencing it, but they don't really care. And it's only for, like... A short period of time yeah. that they'll report on it, and then they'll move on to something else. Yeah, it's like there'll be so a massive wildfire, but then Trump will be like "baba buoy," and then they'll be like, "Guys, Trump said baba buoy for like a week." <laughs> it's just weird. That's that's so true. <sighs> Do you want to transition into these okay, but- TikTok videos? Yeah. The so the air quality is is really bad because these fires um you can show like an air quality map i guess is that the um, first but i think i think an even better representation of this is all the tiktoks yeah i'm gonna show the uh the map that you mentioned but i'm not gonna share my screen on discord because it's kind of useless all right so this is the map she was talking about why is it 500 at Summit Drive. Why is it super bad here? Yeah. I was also curious about that, but... Controls. You no, know, it is what it is. But, yeah. Okay, so... As you can see, California's... Um, I mean, how do you even... <laughs> you you can't go outside. Silverton, I mean, Oregon. People are going to be wearing masks now. A lot. I mean, look at quality. this. Why don't they have anything in, like, the state of Oklahoma? Like, is there no air there? (laughs) I guess there is, as you zoom in. I think it's just a lack of data. I guess. Where's North Carolina? But, yeah, Raquel gathered some TikToks we can watch. Well, if there's anything I love, it's definitely TikTok, so let's get on it. What are we going to do with the TikToks, though? Are we going to clown on them because you know they are pretty clown worthy i think they're i think they're good i watched a couple let me mute this guy here i'll share my screen now bing bong there we go hope you can see it 
All right. Volume on. Things in our Canyon, California home that just makes sense. It's gone. It burned down. Cause we live in a wildfire rich environment. Oh wait, I didn't. I didn't switch it. All right, here we go. Let's watch it again. Things in our Canyon, California home that just makes sense. It's gone. All right, this is kind of a. This is kind of scary. Like, aren't you scared by this? Um, just their like enthusiasm over their home <laughs> is is really sad. And I think the scariest part about it is um, in the description it says my parents came up with this TikTok. So what happened was their parents came to the kid and they were like, "Hey, you, our house just burned down." You know, but you know it would be really funny. And then they came up with this. And the, the funny thing is, apparently their house burned down, but there's no ash whatsoever on where they're standing. So that's definitely, if their house burned down, that's definitely not where it was. And two, if their house burned down, why did they just save one photograph of it? They took out, like, one picture of it, and they used it's it for this Joey, TikTok. Joey, don't, don't question it. If they well, say are these people trying to down? get famous off of not having their house burned down? Because if so, this is the biggest scandal of the century. It's like 500,000 likes. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Next one. All right, let me find it. He looks British. Is he British? Nice answer. Hey. Hey. How y'all doing? Hey. That one wasn't quality. That one wasn't quality. I just, I need to... I really want to know the identity of the family, even though that's that's really bad. But like this family or the previous family? No, the the baby gender reveal. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Um, is that what you said? You want to know that's the gender? A, that's such a California thing. I saw that the, Twitter, the this Twitter post that was like, how the kid is gonna react when he grows up and realizes his parents burnt down half of California. <laughs> Like, that's going to be such a rude awakening for him. Or her. We maybe don't know. he'll be a, a climate change activist. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or maybe, like... like he, He's you know, growing up in the environment that... Apparently the... Yeah. Apparently Osama Bin Laden's niece is an American citizen. So... <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Um... I mean, I guess there's no, it's not illegal to be naturalized with a parent or an uncle who is um, a terrorist, but was a terrorist, but she endorsed Donald Trump. So there you go. All right, next one. Oh, this one's an orange sky one. That's actually the government response um, <laughs> to climate change. This is is this live? Uh, respect wow. our firefighters. They're they're heroes. They're you, aren't they using prison labor to fight the fires now? Oh, absolutely. Yes, they're doing that. Yeah. Um, but I think Newsom signed this. The the governor of California signed this bill that like. If they fight fires, they can get their records expunged or something. So that's pretty good. But if you have you ever seen Blade Runner twenty whatever the new one? No. If someone else can. In L.A., it literally looks just like that. Like th- there's an orange sky. It's interesting because like people are taking pictures of this and kind of like making it an aesthetic. 
like wow, I mean, a pretty red sky where nobody can breathe. I mean, it is pretty. I'll say it is kind of pretty, but of course, like it probably like is killing people. It definitely is killing people. Like it's attacking their lungs. Someone said it was like the equivalent of smoking 20 cigarettes a day just by breathing the air. So orange kills. It's our next one. That was ranchy. (laughs) Jay ranchy. Look at this I'm fella. currently eating sushi. It's very yummy. Fl- no. I'm currently eating sushi. It's very yummy. Fl- no. What? You want to hear that again? Is that what I heard? Oh. I'm currently eating sushi. It's very yummy. Fl- no. Um, is that... Is that a bite that other people use? Like, is that a I've famous... I've heard that before. Really? I feel like this one was just like this one was okay. I don't know why, but this is my least favorite. <laughs> like I hate it's this just, one the absolute most. The quality has to be really good for it to be okay to watch with other people. I mean I guess. Yes. Just looks really ugly to me. I just don't like the sound bite. I don't like anything about it. Oh, this one's an epic one. These are my favorite out of all of them. The ones that are like, I mean, it sounds about bad. the gender reveal. Yeah, but like, there's like a, a huge explosion in a movie or something, like in Endgame when Thanos like blows up the headquarters or whatever. They're like, it's a boy. It's so funny. Are there fires in this? Or is it just the sun? I was expecting like... Oh, it's just dusty. Oh, there's just dust or smoke in the air, so you can't see the sun. I was expecting like... um, I was expecting like a plane. I can't see the comments, but... um, I was expecting a plane to just... Obliterate. Yeah. That one, again, not a good one. Oh, it's getting hot in here. So hot. So take off all your clothes. I am This kind of goes into your little critique about it being an aesthetic. <laughs> Look at this girl. No, this one, this one's definitely just a joke. I like this one. I mean, I like it, but isn't she like about to die? totally that's okay yeah that's that's really bad imagine just like you're you're at your house you look over and it's just a massive fire i mean (laughs) i don't know if i've i'd ever experienced that just because i know the fire was coming and i just leave before i could see it I mean, just here. Look where I paused it on her face. She just looks so beat. Look at her. I feel bad. Are there any more? Do you have any more videos? Or is that it? Um, I think that was it. Alright. I have a video of my own here. Oh, before I watch that video, you have some article here about droughts getting worse, which is what we talked about. Drought.gov is a website. If you you scroll down. Yeah. Further. Further. Yes. Over the years, that is how they've been getting worse. This graph right here? Yes. Why is it like not bad in 2006 and then really bad here? That's that's just the way it is. So I guess I guess gender reveals weren't cool in 2011 and 2012 and then they were or 2010 and 2011 but then in 2012 they were super cool and then in like 2017 they were lame again and then they were cool. That's epic. We, so gender they, reveals are actually the source of all 
wildfires ever. I completely agree, and, and I don't droughts. think anyone can disprove that. I don't think there's ever been a, a wildfire not caused by a gender reveal. Also, every gender reveal has been caused when it's a boy. So, lesson lesson to everyone out there: do not it's have Greta, boys. Greta um, that that is accurate data, and it is backed up by um everyone. But this doesn't look like it's getting worse. I'm just kidding. But, like, the D4s were just super bad. I mean, are we ever going to get to a point when there's no more forest to burn? There's naturally, like, going to be a dry season. It's just that it is, like, like it's getting worse. Yeah. I actually, if you look at the graph, if you look at the graph, there's, like, the part at the far left that's like really bad and then there's a huge gap and then there's another part that's really yeah, bad. Yeah, I think it, it comes in it comes in like waves. Yeah, right? and then it's a gap and then it's a huge one and then it's a gap but this gap is smaller and then it's a huge one and then that the, another gap that's smaller and then it's a huge one again. What other links do you have for me? explore um, oh um all right well then i have this video prepared from vox because we all the best people your mom um and it's sort of long so i don't know if i'm going to show the whole thing maybe just five minutes of it. it's like 10 minutes long um but it's got a really interesting it's kind of about how decarbonizing um, our industry and the economy would affect the economy. Uh, and, you know, I'll just let it speak for itself, but I don't want to pause it because it seems lame if I just keep pausing it since it's like super long. But here we go. For more than 10,000 years, the average global temperature didn't change by more than one degree Celsius. But then, humans started burning fossil fuels, around here. Today, global temperatures have risen about one degree Celsius since pre-industrial times. This is what that looks like so far. Storms have gotten more intense. Wildfires are more common, and ancient glaciers are melting faster and faster. And that's just one degree of warming. Without global action, the world is on track to warm at least three degrees Celsius by 2100. This would be catastrophic. That's why most scientists agree that we need to limit global warming to this range, between 1.5 and two degrees Celsius. Carbon dioxide, which is emitted when we burn fossil fuels, accounts for most of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. It's the main culprit behind climate change. And to limit global warming to the degree that scientists are calling for, we have to stop releasing it. We have to decarbonize. The US doesn't currently emit the most carbon dioxide of any country, but as one of the oldest industrial powers, it's emitted more carbon dioxide in total than any other country or region. So America has a big role to play in decarbonizing. But how is the U.S. supposed to do that? And is it actually possible? If you want to get halfway there by 2030, you have to start now now going fast there is literally zero more time to waste dave writes about energy and climate for vox and he says the 2020 u.s election comes with fairly clear stakes if trump is re-elected that's it like there's no chance for 1.5 and probably all chances for two degrees are gone the united states will withdraw from the paris Climate Accord, open up the coal mines. New offshore oil and gas leasing program. President Trump doesn't have a climate policy, and his re-election will most likely continue policies designed to boost the fossil fuel industry. They'd increase carbon emissions instead of decreasing them, and the effects would be felt globally. You just can't have the world's second biggest economy opting out, moving the opposite direction, 
and expect the world to get there. The other major candidate in the election does have a plan to address climate change. And this part in particular is ambitious. By 2050, the United States will be 100% clean energy economy. Biden has been convinced and pushed to the point that he's got a great climate plan. What Biden's plan doesn't get into are the details on how exactly the U.S. would actually do that. But there are people who have thought about what it might look like to decarbonize by 2050. And to understand that, it helps to get a picture of where America's energy comes from and where it goes. Sorry, my son nearly stepped on a snake. Do you want to say hi? This is Saul Griffith. He's a physicist and an engineer, but this is how Dave describes him. Probably the person who knows more about energy as it's used in the United States than any other human being. A few years ago, Saul decided to make a model of America's energy use. He ended up reading basically every available piece of data from the Energy Information Administration, Department of Transportation, National Highway Transit Authority, the Census Bureau, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and NOAA. And so we pull all of those together to build a very comprehensive picture of the U.S. energy economy. That picture of the U.S. energy economy, it looks like this. If you're just looking at the whole thing at once, it just looks like a big pile of spaghetti. It's hard to make sense of, but it just traces energy, every unit of energy. How does it enter the economy? How is it used throughout the economy? This kind of chart is called a Sankey diagram, and it's easier to understand in three sections. These columns here on the left are the sources of all the energy used in the US, like natural gas, coal, solar, wind, nuclear, and oil. This column in the middle is what those energy sources get converted into. So a lot of it becomes electricity. Most oil becomes the fuel we use for transportation. And here you can see how much natural gas energy is being used to generate electricity versus being used directly to power things like cooking stoves. And over here on the right, this is where all the energy is used broken down into incredible detail. Like how much energy is being used to light shopping malls in the US. Or how much energy is being used by vehicles driven for work. So you start to get this incredibly detailed picture of all of the interconnections, which is really, really important when you do the next exercise. But what happens if we decarbonize? Remember that carbon emissions come from the burning of fossil fuels, this stuff. And Saul says that means that to decarbonize, we just need to follow their path. The first place that leads you is here, with electricity and the energy we use to generate it. The majority of which in the US comes from two kinds of fossil fuel, natural gas and coal. If the US wants to decarbonize, it needs to stop getting electricity this way and to replace it with other decarbonized energy sources. That means coal power plants, gone. Gas power plants, gone. All electricity would come from renewable sources. Wind, solar, geothermal, hydroelectric and biomass, or nuclear energy. Decarbonizing the way we get electricity would be a huge investment. But it would also only eliminate 20% of emissions. And that's because electricity and energy are not exactly the same thing. That doesn't solve the vehicle's emissions. It doesn't solve your, your heating emissions from using natural gas or fuel oil in your basement. All these other parts of the economy draw their energy directly from fossil fuels. Like transportation, we use oil for fuel. And commercial and residential buildings, where we use gas and oil for heat. But Saul says there's a kind of elegant solution to this. You decarbonize these sectors by switching their energy source from here to here. Make all of it electric. Because we already have almost all the technology we need to do it. Heat pumps, batteries, electric vehicles, wind turbines, nuclear power plants, as we know that that can work. We know we can do electric cars. We know we can do electric heat for nearly everything. It's all, in the end, just about machines, right? We got a bunch of machines that use fossil fuel energy. We need to replace them with machines that use clean electricity. And so it really just comes down to a matter of industrial capacity. How fast can you build machines? 
there are some things we'd have a harder time decarbonizing. Air travel will rely on fossil fuels until alternative technologies get better. And things like steel and concrete are really hard to manufacture without fossil fuels. But if we decarbonized as much as possible with the technology that we have now, it would end most of the U.S.'s carbon emissions. This chart shows the country's carbon emissions broken down by economic sector. If electricity, residential, commercial, and transportation were mostly decarbonized, you'd have solved a lot of the problem. All of this would be a huge undertaking. And it needs to happen fast. Saul's research modeled different scenarios for the transition from fossil fuel-based machines to electric ones. Alright, so I stopped it there. Um, it was more than eight minutes. But, or more than five minutes. But, um, and if you wanted to watch that video, uh, just go on the YouTube channel. If you're listening at just an audio listener, there's video on it if you go to the YouTube channel. But, um... I thought it was interesting because that guy's like um, took everything and like all of the argument around everything kind of just boils down to that chart. Um, like there's just no other way to look at it. Like you and the, the part that they were showing next, I'm going to show now. Um right here All right. let me zoom in a little bit and then i'll switch it over so and i thought it was interesting so this is a chart of what we're doing now and how we need to get it uh later so the the first line here this green line um shows that if we or no, this magic wand line here that goes completely up and over. That means right now, immediately snap away everything in the market that uses that doesn't use clean energy. Um, and it becomes like that. And if you go down here, we don't even get to 1.5 degrees of warming. Um, but that's impossible because we don't have a magic wand. So he creates this other line that's early retirement and then 100%, meaning that um, it's early retirement of the technology that works, but it runs on fossil fuels. So uh, like a car, we'd say, all right, you're out of there. Even though you work, we're not going to use you anymore. And then we replace all of it with 100% electric um, vehicles and non-fossil fuels. So if we do that... Um, now and then it would it would take a, a while to get that um we, we're looking at maybe maybe 1.5 degrees of warming um we're already at one degree warming i think um since we began starting burning fossil fuels i think they said that in the video another alternative is, uh, is replace it like that but we don't have early retirement so we don't take the cars that already work take them off the streets and then replace them so if we just so every time a car dies, we replace it with, um, like a like a not electric, electric car. car exactly yeah. And if we do that, we're looking at more than one point five degrees Celsius. And the scientists in the video they said they wanted to keep it between one point five and two. What that means is that we're still gonna have bad storms and we're still gonna have worse storms, but we'll be okay. All right. So if we do like production ramp means that if we start producing more now over time and gradually move to 100% non-fossil fuels, we're looking at about two degrees of warming. Um, actually, I think we're supposed to judge it by the top. <laughs> so less than two degrees. Sorry. Um, so that those are all considered radical, crazy, um, imaginative, once in a million things to do, but those would yield results. But just to put it in perspective, we can't even pass a carbon tax, um, let alone a high one. So if we do a high carbon tax, we're still looking at 
above two degrees warming and a little less than three. If we do small subsidy, meaning we make it um, easier to sell and release carbon or not carbon, um, non-carbon things, then that's the level of warming it will go if we disincentivize using fossil fuels. A low carbon tax, we're looking at three more degrees, three degrees Celsius, with which will be detrimental. And if we do nothing, just leave it to the market to do it themselves, uh, you know, we're, we're screwed. Um, so I thought that was an interesting... Uh, it's a graphic. really good graph. I know, right? Like, it's easy to understand. Um, you know, maybe my top 10 favorite graphs. I just have to be honest. I messed it up. All right. But. Oh, <coughs> sorry. So what do you have to say about it, Samantha? Melanie, did you. Oh, what? What do you have to say? First of all, the Industrial Revolution was a mistake. <laughs> Second. Melanie, do you have anything to add? She done? That much to add. Like, yeah. Um, what we had watched. I think. Um, here, I'm gonna look for a TikTok so we can continue the TikTok grind. But a lot of the um, like argument against that is that we can't pay for it. Um. Uh, wealth. Oh. Nice. But I wanted to show a video that kind we of ex explains. You just heard Joe Biden, but um, that kind of explains um, how much wealth this country. There's a really good website that shows it as well. Yeah, I just like this video. I don't know. It's easy. All right. So this TikTok shows. Um, Bezos' wealth with rice. The scale of a billion dollars is really crazy. So let's say one grain of rice is equivalent to 100K and 10 grains of rice would be then a million. Well, how much is a billion? So my Saturday night consisted of counting 10,000 grains of rice one by one, just to show you guys how much a billion dollars is. Of course I filmed it and of course I time-lapsed it and this is playing it. I don't even know, God knows how fast it's playing at, but so now I'm proud to present to you the results. That is a billion dollars where each grain of rice is worth 100K. Look how much rice this is, guys. That's crazy. I just bought you like a Lamborghini right here and I didn't even notice it was gone. Here's a $5 million house in California. And oh, look, I still have all this money. Well, a lot of you guys asked me, well, how much does Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos have in terms of rice? So that was my mission. And I went to Costco. I got the rice, I brought it home. And once I brought it home, I went to work. I also want to say that I have five families that are gonna take this unused rice, so it's totally not wasteful. Okay, so the moment you've been waiting for, 100K, 1 million, 1 billion. Jeff Bezos has 122 of these, or 58 pounds of rice if each grain of rice was 100K. Like, look how big this is, guys. I'm gonna show you the scale here. I'm gonna put a keyboard in just for fun. Look how deep that goes. That's insane. This is Jeff Bezos' new house that's $145 million in LA. And then, oh my God. <laughs> Did he already show? Did he already show the part about Be Bezos as well? Yeah, he did. Right? Uh, yeah. And then, oh my God, <laughs> that's Bezos as well. All right. So that was 122 billion. All right. Since then, um, Bezos has grown to 200 billion. Now, keep that in mind. So that much rice plus another 80 billion would be Bezos as wealth. But I'm not focused on Bezos right now. So um, we spend about $600 billion on defense. Um, the U.S. does. So imagine taking that mound of rice, multiplying it by three, and we spend that every year on defense. The budget for the U.S. this year 
is five trillion. Um, it's higher this year because of COVID, and you need to spend more. But it's usually like two trillion. Our it's, it's more than like the next ten largest countries like combined. You're talking about military spending, right? It's much more than we need. You're talking about military spending, not like total yeah. spending, right? Yeah. Um, so military spending is like $600 million. It's more than, like Samantha said, it's more than the whatever countries combined. The United States GDP is $22 trillion. So if the question is how are we going to pay for it, we are the country that is the best off to pay for it. We are by far the richest country that has ever existed on earth. And and if we cut the defense budget in half, we would still have the largest military on earth if we cut it in half. So if anyone if you get in an argument about climate change with anyone and they counter you with how are we going to pay for it? You say back with money because we have it. We have so much money. We have more money than we know what to do with. And the issue is that we spend it all on things we don't need. Um, so just laying that out there because a lot of those things in that graph seemed crazy. But it's kind of crazier to do nothing. only crazy to call it oh my gosh i love that that's fantastic and uh 600 billion is spent on defense but like a bunch others is spent on like social security which is good um here let me look it up federal budget breakdown so they have a nice glorious pie chart for me um and actually, that one is not glorious enough for me. I need a website. Nationalpriorities.org. Fantastic. Um, can I switch to the thing now? Yep. All right. So this is discretionary spending. There's a difference between mandatory spending and discretionary. Um, mandatory means it's stuff that Congress doesn't pick every year. It's like Social Security, uh, most of the benefits like Medicaid. Uh, so that it's like decide because so, you can't allocate a specific amount of money towards it because there's different people who need it every year. So what we're really an interest on our debt is basically just what we pay back to the countries we borrow money from. Um, discretionary spending is where we have to look at. Um, so this is the breakdown of the discretionary spending. This is the money that Congress allocates every year. Um, so they pick. They appropriate money to different places. I think it starts in the House. Um, so they pick where it goes. Right here, as you can see, about $600 billion to the military. So over half of the money we can spend every year goes towards the military. Um, science, 2.67%. Science meaning research, not only in climate, but also in health, in military, in transportation and just science in general energy and environment right here at 3.5 percent and that is getting cut remember this is a, a thing from 2015 since 2015 the military budget has increased so like this was still in the obama administration and donald trump supposedly rebuilt the military uh like it was broken in the first place um but he put more money into that so, yeah, if 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 there's any question if we can pay for it, we can. And it's literally not even just like, uh, oh, we can pay for it, but we don't know how to do it. The technology's not there. That's wrong, too. We definitely have the technology to do it. Is that a rant? Wow. My mouth is dry. It was good. It was good. I mean, it's just an absolutely absurd amount of money this country has. Like, and we, like, the Jeff Bezos rice thing. If we, if we keep perpetuating this idea that we we can't pay for it, that's that's what's going to, like, 
I know. I don't know who who said we can't pay for it. And that's like not even a thing exclusive with climate. It's everywhere. If we propose giving any of that money to people, well, how are we going to pay for it? The military increase, the the price, the the what am I trying to say? The money increase uh, of 2018 in the military budget, that was more than the cost of giving everyone free state college. So si- the simple increase of military sp- spending in 2018 was enough to pay for the country to go to college for free. That's how much money we have. Uh, but as a result, we have a pretty cool military, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah. Yes, now we can drone strike people. Mm-hmm. Do we have any more things to add, things to say? I think we, we've said a lot this episode. I think we've uh, dove into the, to the fabric of this nation and we tore it to shreds. I think we did that. Anyone have anything? All right. Well, uh, I think we're set. This has been episode one of the podcast. Episode zero was a little testing thing. Uh, I hope you watched it on YouTube because honestly, that's the best way to view it. Um, and we're gonna do it more like this, I think, in the future. Um, but thank you for watching. If you made it this far, honestly, you can just give me a big old kiss any day. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll see you later.